Good morning, Hope Community Church. It is, uh, it is good to be here. I'm excited. We are wrapping up our core series, and uh, I'm so looking forward to this morning. Uh, something I haven't done in a while, I want to acknowledge all the people watching online. Can we do that? Uh, it is great. Hope Community Church is going out and the vast worldwide web, and we're reaching people all over the place, really. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm also thankful for some things that are coming up next week. Uh, you're going to see Mark Mason here, who's a dear friend of mine, Mark and Susan from Life on the Verge. And so I'm excited. So if you know anybody that needs to hear a good message, blues, music, all that stuff, make sure you invite them out next Sunday. And then the following Sunday after that, uh, June 30th, uh, a great young man, Nate Clark, will be here planning a church in Richmond, Virginia, Oasis Church. And uh, he, he's become a friend, and we're investing in more, better churches through him. And so uh, make sure you're here to, uh, to hear him and uh, support him, and we're thankful for it. And also, one other thing, we're, we're pretty jacked about this. July 10th, uh, we are going to be having kind of a 4th of July celebration. We're, we're having fireworks and food trucks and stuff for the kids, and we're also going to baptize people. So I think that's a cool thing. So I'm excited about that. So make sure you got on your calendar July 10th. So if you have nowhere to watch fireworks, and these aren't going to be the puny ones. These are professional fireworks from a professional fireworks company. So uh, make sure you come out, and we're inviting the community. Invite your friends, and we're going to have a great time June, July 10th. Uh, I think we're starting about 6.30 with the food trucks. The food trucks will shut off about 8 o'clock, and we'll do a, a uh, baptize people, and then, and then that by that time we'll have some fireworks. So if you're interested in being baptized, you have not been baptized yet, I highly encourage you. You go online, sign up, or you can, or you can check the box on the card uh, in your seat and make that happen. So we're going to get on with it, all right? So... This is the last installment in our core series, and I think it's been great. I've been getting great feedback uh, back from people uh, about how it's been encouraging to dig into what we really believe and hold true and value here at the church. So I'm excited about it. So today, uh, one of the ones that I hold dear to, to my heart, because I'm, I'm walking through this, and all of you are too, and I'm excited to w be able to walk through it with other people. And we call that the process. So we're going to dig into that uh, this morning. So why don't you stand to your feet? And we're going to read this scripture together. Philippians chapter 10, chapter 4, starting in verse 10. And on the surface is another one of the scriptures you may think, what in the world does that have to do with the process? But I'm going to explain it to you here uh, in our few moments together. So Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. Paul writes this. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. And then Verse 13 there is a famous scripture. It says, I can do all things. Come on, say it with me. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Father, we thank you this morning, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, that you are walking us all through a process of becoming more like Christ. No matter when we started, Lord, no matter what part of the journey we're on, you are actively 
working in our lives. Lord, do that this morning. Lord, we pray that you'd soften our hearts to receive from you, Lord. We pray that you'd renew our minds as we look into your word. In Christ's name we pray, and everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. I'll start off with a definition of, uh, of the word process. And it, it's really simple, actually. It says, um, a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. So, so if you have an end goal in mind, there's a process to get to that. You're not just going to arrive at the end without doing some things. So the process is the part that you take to get to where you're going. It's not where you're going, but it's all the steps necessary to get there. So if you remember when you got out of high school, you might have went to college because you wanted to be this, and you realized part of that process of becoming that might have been going to college. Maybe, maybe you want to start a family. So part of the process of starting a family, well, we'll talk about that in another sermon. But, uh, but the fact is we live in a world today where we get frustrated with the process. We, we are in a microwave. We're not even a microwave world. We're in a Netflix world where you get what you want, when you want it, without any interruptions. And it costs $10 a month. Amen? I'm excited about that, actually. <laughs> We live in a world that we don't value the process as much as we used to. We're impatient with growth. We see things that look easily attainable. We see people, fame and fortune, and we think, man, if I could just get that, if I could just attain that, and we don't know what the process looks like, we value the process of being successful less than being famous. Everybody wants to be famous. So... So we, we, we've turned our culture into something that, is, that has started ec- epidemics because we don't, we don't want to be healed anymore. We don't want pain. But some of you understand that pain might be part of the healing process. So we say, we say Doc, uh, can you just make the pain go away? Well, yeah, but pain is part of healing. Actually, pain is part of realizing there's something's, ro- something's wrong. So if you just mask the pain... You might be in worse shape than if you just dealt with the pain. But we live in a culture where we don't necessarily want to wait till we're healed up. We just want the pain to stop today. Amen? And so we see this manifested in all kinds of ways in our culture. We, don't, we, we want good relationships, but we, but we don't like the process of getting there. We want good kids. Somebody say amen. But we don't like the process of getting them there. Hey, can I drop them off at your house? You make them good, and I'll pick them up in the evening. How about we do that? That sounds like a good plan to me. So there's a couple things before we get into the scripture that I want to make sure you understand. And these, I think these two things are pivotal in, in then digging into the process that God is doing in our lives. The first thing is this. The person God is developing may be different from the one you're working on. The person that God is developing, the, 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 per, the, the, the variation of you that God wants may be different than the one that you're currently working on. And, and what happens is, is that my will ends up conflicting with his will, and I get into circumstances where I don't, now I don't understand what's going on. And I realize that, oh, wait a second, God's developing something in me that I wasn't trying to develop. Like, I thought I was honest enough. 
But here I'm in another situation with the opportunity to lie. I thought I was faithful enough. I thought I was hardworking enough. But here, well, God, I don't understand why you put, keep putting me in these situations. I thought I'd already dealt with that. And he keeps bringing us back and bringing us back. And we realize that sometimes he's developing a person that I'm not trying to be yet. So, so we, we can flip back to characters in the Bible like, like King David, who was anointed king at a young age. He was the youngest of all the brothers. And so... Samuel goes to the house and he looks through all the sons and he, and he says, well, these, none of these guys are it. And he says, he talks to the dad, he says, you got any more sons? He says, yeah, I got the, the ruddy little guy out in the field doing the sheep. And so he brings him out and he says, yeah, that's the one. God doesn't look on the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. He says, yeah, that's the one. Now, can you imagine at that age being anointed king of Israel? But if you know the story, you know he didn't just step out the next day and become king. No, God had to develop all kinds of things in him. He, had to, he, he ended up having to serve the, the, the king that God had rejected. That same king ended up throwing spears at him, trying to kill him. The, the Bible says that this Saul threw, uh, threw a spear at David while he was playing the harp one day, trying to pin him to the wall. So, so you look at David like, God, what are you trying to do? You anointed me king already. You told me I was going to rule this whole place. Now you're trying to kill me. And what you find out is that God was developing things in David that David didn't even know he needed. Saul ended up chasing him, trying to kill him. David's hiding in caves with his men. The Bible even says that he acted crazy one time, like with, with spit coming out of his mouth, to, 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 try to, to try not to get killed. And so you, you say, well, why did all that happen? Because God was developing a person David didn't even knew, know he needed to be. So, so oftentimes when we find ourselves in that conflict between like, here's who I want to be, but, but it doesn't seem like God, it seems like God's doing something else in my life. Maybe we need to understand that God is developing something in us that we didn't even know we needed because he wants us to become something that we didn't even know we were going to become. And so he, so the first thing to understand is that when God's walking you through a process, he could be developing things that you don't even realize. And so we embrace it. The second thing is the product is always a result of the process. I can almost without fail, if you walk into my office and you say, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my life. I can almost without fail, if you explain to me, this is what's going on, this is the results I'm getting, and I say, well, explain to me the process, and you lay out the process for me, I can almost without fail tell you why you're getting what you're getting. It's, it's a widget theory. If the quality control, when you make widgets is off, you're going to get bad widgets. You're going to get bad widgets. But if the process is right for making the widget, you're going to get good widgets, whatever the widget is. The problem is, is that we look at the, we look at the result and think, and think, well, you know, well, I don't understand why this is right. And we never really go back to the process and say, oh, wait a second, the reason that my relationship is like this is because I've been doing X, Y, Z, which never produces good relationships. That might have been too close for home. That's fine. The reason I run out of gas is because my process for acquiring gas is off. I mean, I almost did that the other night. So, so instead of looking down at my fuel gauge every now and then, I don't look. And then I end up way out in the middle of nowhere and look down, and I got no, no fuel. And I'm looking at my son going, 
Well, I mean, this is going to be a crapshoot at the end of the day. We might be calling your mom. Somebody, somebody might be coming to get us some diesel. So we, so we made it, barely, but we made it. But why was I in that circumstance? Because the process I had in place for making sure I had enough fuel was broken. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't check. I didn't stop early enough. I didn't do all those things. So now on the back end, I'm paying the, I'm paying the uh, penalty for it. So the problem is the product will always be a result of the process. So if you want a different product, you have to back up into the process and see what the change. All right, you with me? One other thing about that. Never make the mistake of only seeing the product. Watch this. When I, the older I get, when I'm around somebody successful, I don't ask them, I don't ask them, oh man, it must be so nice to be successful. I don't even ask them what successful feels like. I don't, I don't ask them, I don't ask them, like, how did you get that? I want to know how they thought to get that far. I, I, I want to know what, the, what was the process you started out with. And so we get enamored by the money or we get enamored uh, about their resources or we get enamored by how good they are at something and we start looking at that. I've, I've had people recently come into this building and go, man, it's beautiful. Look at that. Oh my goodness. And I'm going, hey, you know what? That was a lot of hard work. Why don't you ask the question about how we've done this, how we've done really hard work for the last 15 years to get here. Because the building just didn't pop up. Matter of fact, even before all the construction, the church was growing and growing and growing. Why? Because the processes were good. And so, if, so we, we make the mistake sometimes about, by looking at the shiny stuff when the shiny stuff is just ends up being a result of somebody doing the right thing over and over and over and over again. So you got to dig under the shiny stuff and find out and find out when he had grease on his hands, when, he was, when they were working really hard, when she was putting in the hours and, and nobody was paying attention because all of a sudden the process produced something that everybody wanted to look at. So you got to dig deeper. So those are two things right on the surface, but we're going to dig in to this scripture for a few minutes. One thing Paul, or Paul says this twice in this portion of scripture. Now, just a little backstory on this. Philippians 4.10, Paul is appreciating the Philippian church for helping him out. But like Paul, a good teacher, he's going to dig in a little further. and He's going to give a principle here about what he's learned through a process that God did in his life. And so he says, man, you know what? I know before you didn't have the opportunity to help, but now you did. And I'm really thankful for that. And then he throws this thing in, not that I needed it. Now, if you read it the wrong way, you might think that he's taking a gift, but then acting like he didn't need it. Like, I mean, I mean, I'll take it from you, but I don't need it. But he's saying that in order to set up a principle that ends up being like a life guiding principle about contentment. Because at the end of this, he says, I realize the secret to being content is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So watch what he does. He says, Twice in verse 11 and verse 12, the word learned. He said, I've learned. In the verse 12, he says it again, I learned. So I started thinking about, oh, wait a second. God did something. God was doing a process in Paul's life. Paul wasn't born content. No one is. Somebody's had kids say amen. Kids screaming from day one. I mean, they scream till they're 30. 
And it's like, no one is born content. The Bible says we're all full of the devil when we're born. And I've been around kids enough to know they're all full of the devil when they're born. And, um, and so, you, you, so we're just never content. And, and we want what we want when we want it. And if we don't walk through a process of learning how to be content, we end up being discontented adults. So Paul says, not that he started out that way, but that a process that God orchestrated in his life caused him to end up that way. So it wasn't the beginning. So realize that, that, that the process is what got Paul there. This just wasn't some natural ability. So he says twice in verse 11 and verse 12, he says, I learned from these things. I learned from these things. So who I am today is not where I started. That's what he's saying. Who I am today is not where I started. I just want to let you know that when I walked in here, you were thinking, well, that's a content human being right there. Man, he never complains about anything. Paul's saying, I didn't start there. (laughs) I didn't start there, man. Don't think that I started out like this. This was a process in my life. Matter of fact, I had to learn through difficulty how to be content. So it's not where he started. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you are in a situation right now where you're like, I'm not content, guess what? You can still start today. If you walked in this church for the first time and you're thinking, man, I don't know anything about any of this stuff and, and it's kind of weird and the guy's up there on a video and it's uh, all strange and I don't know what's going on, it's fine. You can start the process today. Matter of fact, here's what I believe. God has already started the process in you. If you're here today, he's already started the process in you. Amen? So what happened, Paul's saying, look, this is not where I started. I started not content. I had to learn how to do this. And so, oh, wait a second. God started a process in the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You're telling me he didn't start out like this? No, 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 no. It was a process. It was steps that happened in his life because the God of all creation looked out on Paul and he said, I need him to be content. Let me back up a second. If I need something from God, what I typically do is I pray about it. Amen? Anybody else pray about it? All right, so you pray about it and then you go, God, give it to me. Just give it to me. Just give it to me, Lord. I just want you to, like, you could just bless me. Yeah, just bless, just give it to me, God. I want to be content. I'm, I'm waiting on it right now. Let me feel it. I, I just want a little bit of contentment. And then you open up your eyes and you're discontented because you didn't feel anything. You're like, Lord, I, I mean, I thought. You said, ask anything in Jesus' name. I've been saying Jesus' name for four days and I, ain't, I don't feel content yet. I, I, matter of fact, I'm a little more disappointed with you than I started. And I don't understand what's going on. And he said, no, no, no. I know where you, I'm starting the process in you. And Paul, Paul's saying that he's saying, I didn't, I didn't start out here. I didn't start out here. So look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm not who I'm going to be. Tell him, I'm not who I'm going to be. You're in the process. Paul's saying, I didn't start out with contentment. It was something I had to learn over time. This reminds me of the grace of God that is at work in every single one of us, allowing us to grow. It's the grace you give your kids. It's the grace you give people at your job. It's, it's why you don't flip out every day on everybody. It's the grace. That, look, they're, they're in the process just like I am. And I, and, and I can understand that. 
And so we're all learning. We're all in the process of learning what God wants us to know so we can become who he wants us to become. So the second thing. You say, okay, Paul, if you didn't start out content, you must have read a book. Because, I mean, that's how you learn. You read a book. Or, 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 or he took an online class. That's how, that's how you learn. I took an online class. Or maybe, you, maybe he went to a university and, and the teacher said, in order to be, this, these are the characteristics of contentment. And, and he had a 60-hour class where, where he, he sat week after week after week after week and he, and he, heard, he, heard, the, he heard the professor pontificate on contentment and, and how beautiful it was and how, and how he was so contented. And if, and if you were smart, you'd be contented too. What we find out is that's not how he learned. We find out that he learned in the classroom of his circumstances. Oh, no. That's why God didn't answer that prayer. Because it would have been too easy. Paul says, I learned. Let me get this right. He says, I learned. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Okay, wait a second. I'm content when the circumstances fit me. I'm just being honest. Anybody else want to be honest this morning? I'm content when I'm getting my way. And I think that's godly. <laughs> I'm not content when you get your way because sometimes your way doesn't fit my way and I want my way. And if God loves me, he gives me what I want. Oh, wait a second. I don't know if that's scriptural. Maybe it's not. He says... Whatever the circumstance. So now, now he's giving context to what he learned. What'd you learn, Paul? I learned how to be content. Well, what do you mean by content? I learned how to be content in every circumstance. Well, how did you, know, how did you do that? So verse 12, he goes into the details of how he did it. I know what it is to be in need. Okay, circumstance number one. I know what it is to be in need. Oh. Oh, so you learned. You learned contentment from not having what you want. Okay, that's pretty good. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Wait a second. So you've been on opposite ends of the spectrum, and you were happy on both ends? No, that's not actually what he said. He said, I've been, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And then he said this. In those circumstances, it taught me how to be content. He said, I wasn't content when I got there. I wasn't content when I didn't have anything. No, I complained about it. No, no. Actually, I might not even have been content when I had everything I wanted. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, as Americans, we're never content. The iPhone 36 is coming out. I'm getting it. I'm not content. I'm going to stay with a 10 forever. No, he said, even in, even in plenty, I had to learn what it was. So he, he's saying, he's saying, it was my circumstances that caused me to learn how to do this. Okay, we're going to get into this. It was my circumstances. So we learn, we learn in the classroom of circumstances. So, so close your eyes for a second. Think about the circumstances you're in right now. Whether you caused them, you didn't cause them, whether your neighbor caused them, whether your neighbor's Uncle Jimmy caused them, I don't care who caused them. 
We're not, we're not casting blame here. We're just saying whatever circumstance you find yourself in right now, ask yourself, what could I be learning? Like, like if God's allowing me to walk through a circumstance right now, am I, am I treating it as a classroom? Because it's part of the process of life. Now, you can open your eyes. Some of you went to sleep already. So we're in the, we're in the classroom of circumstance. So the process is a series of extended learning classes where experience is the key. Experience is the key, but here's the important part. Experience without the right perspective means we're doomed to repeat it. All right, watch this. If all you have is experience and you don't have the right perspective, God is concerned enough about you to make you repeat the class. Some of you are like, man, it's third grade all over again. I'm going to fail. I know it. I know what my parents told me. They held me back because the teacher was bad. And then when I got 35, I realized I was dumb. You know, no. No, what happens is just experience without the right perspective doesn't teach us anything. That's why you can see people. I'm not talking about you. You're a fine church. You're fine people. I'm talking about the people you work with. I'm, I'm talking about the people that you have Thanksgiving with that aren't coming to this church. You know? The issue is, is that oftentimes we repeat the 12th grade because we didn't have the right perspective on the experience. We didn't think it was valuable enough to dig in and go, what is God trying to teach me in this? And so we just live through the experience. And, and, and what do you know? History has a habit of repeating itself when you don't learn from it. And so we just get into the experience and we go, oh, man, I'm in debt over my head again. But I'm going to get out of it because I'm going down to them scratch-offs. And I'm going to get my. And, and so we go down, we scratch off $1,000 worth of tickets, and we make 500 and, we, and our day is good. <laughs> now, that didn't add up, did it? So all of a sudden, we don't, we're not learning from the experience, so we're doomed to repeat it. So we're just stuck in this God's like, listen, you're more valuable than for me just to turn loose. So I'm going to swing you back around. I'm going to swing you back around. With kids, you do the same thing. You're like, I'm a, you're going to do this till you learn. You're going to do this till you learn. I don't care how long it takes till you're 40. I'm going to swing you back around. So what happens is experience does not necessarily give you wisdom. Experience with the right perspective gives you wisdom. And what you find out, Paul says, I wasn't content in either of those circumstances until I figured out the secret. He said, I know what it's not like to not have anything. I also know what it's like to have everything. I know what it's like. He knew what it was like to have fame. The Bible says before he became, before his conversion, that all the, all the people in charge loved him because he was doing their bidding. He, he, was, he was chasing down believers and, and, and throwing them in, in prison and, and taking them to court. He was doing their, he was voluntarily going to the people in charge saying, hey man, give me permission to go do this. I'll run them guys down. And they were all going, man, Paul is the guy. He meets Jesus and in an instant, everything in his life changes. And then he realizes what it's like to have everything. And then he realizes what it's like to be rejected by everyone. And so all of a sudden, he's got to figure out, how am I going to deal with this? I'm in the process, but, but what am I supposed to be learning? And he says, I found out what the secret is. The process taught me 
What the secret? The process turned me into what I needed to be. So I knew what it was like to have everything, and it wasn't satisfying. I knew what it was like to have nothing. And by the way, it's not satisfying. I don't care what anybody says. No money ain't fun. Say, you don't need money to have fun. Well, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Try it. Try it one time. So experience with perspective is the best classroom. Now, let me say this. School is, is over. In the season, people graduated. You're, maybe, maybe, maybe you're a teacher and you're, and you're out of school now and you're super excited and you don't have to grade any more tests. Let me, let me use some terminology that maybe some students will understand here. They have standardized testing in school. So what happens is with a standardized test, you can teach to the test. Here I'm going. So there's a standardized test. Everybody's going to take the same test. Now what we're going to do is we're going to teach to that test. So everybody has to walk through the same process to pass that test. Wouldn't that be nice if it was like that? When you become an adult? Okay, we're going to learn this all together. We're all going to walk through the same spot. But then you stick up your hand and you're like, oh, my life doesn't look anything like that. Oh, well, mine doesn't either. Well, mine doesn't either. And you realize that the process is so individualized that pretty much you might be the only one walking through it at the moment. Because God's trying to develop something so specific in you that you're looking around going, man, I'm the, I might be the only one dealing with this. And then we start feeling isolated. When you're not isolated, you're chosen. So remember, the experience is worthless without the right perspective. The experience is worthless without the right perspective. So if you don't look at the thing that you're walking through with the idea that, hey, man, you know what? God's developing something in me, and I know it's difficult, and God knows it's difficult. And, and he's not saying, just put a smile on your face, just grin and bear it. He's not saying anything like that. Matter of fact, he looked at Paul at one time. He said, listen, I will give you enough grace so you can make it through this. Come on, I, you can do this. I will give you what you need to make it through it. And so Paul said, yeah, man, I can do it. Because what I learned was I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wait a second, the reason I know that is because I've had a lot, I've had nothing. And I ended up getting the right perspective in both worlds. I ended up not just looking at the experience, but I got the right perspective on the experience. And now with the right perspective, now nothing can stop me. Because it doesn't matter if I got ramen noodles or caviar. I'll put caviar on ramen noodles. I don't even care. I'll, I'll do both. I'll do both. God has uniquely designed a classroom for me to be who I need to be. So here's, here's the failure part that we do. I compare my life to your life when we're in different classrooms. I failed third grade three times and you passed it the first time you went through it. I go, Lord, I don't understand why he's getting ahead of me. And God goes, well, I had to walk you through third grade three times. I'm like, yeah, but still. Can't you just be nice for a second? No, so what I realize is that he's uniquely trying to develop me for what he's called me to do. So as soon as I compare my experience to yours, 
when, when you might have breezed through something that I struggled with and I might breeze through something that you struggle with, as soon as, I, as soon as I go, I don't know why they got this and I don't know why I had to do this, then I miss the perspective that God's trying to give me. That my situation is unique to me. That God sees me and he wants to raise me up to do what he wants me to do. And so I've got to walk through then the process of becoming the person to do all that. Just like you have to walk through the process of becoming the person to do what he's called you to do. Whatever that is. So we go all the way back to the beginning and remember, he might be developing a different person than you are in the moment. And I got to say, Lord, you know what? I trust you. And ultimately, like Jesus, not my will done, but yours. And so I trust you with the process. So the right perspective. The right perspective. All right. Here's, here's another one. The process has already started. It's just beca- be- it just becomes learning when you finally realize it. I'm kind of tagging off the last point. So what happens is, oftentimes, we have already started the process and we don't even realize it because of the perspective we have. We're repeating the same thing. Just think about things in your life that you've repeated over and over and over again. I'd give you mine, but I'm not going to. (laughs) There's things in my life that I just never learn. I just never, I just never have the guts to sit down and go, God, I know what you're putting the finger on right there. I know what you're, I know the nerve you're hitting. I just want to ignore it. Anybody else? I'm just being transparent. I just want to ignore. I just want to say, God, you know what? I I know what you're talking to me about, but I, I just... I don't know, I'd just rather deal with the pain than heal up. And so, so I keep walking through the process, walking through the process. Well, it's not that God isn't trying to develop me, it's I'm resisting the development. And so I refuse to look at it as a learning process. I refuse to look at it as him working in my life. I refuse to look at it that way. And so I think, well, God's not doing anything in my life. And he's like, oh, oh, oh I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot, you're just not paying attention. So here's some, here's some prayers that I've, I started praying a long time ago. Because I think I'm a pretty quick learner at most things. I think I catch on pretty quickly. But there's things in my life that I know I don't and that God keeps walking me back around. And so I started praying this, Lord, help me be a fast learner with everything you're touching. Amen? Let me be a fast learner. I want to take my driver's test once. I want to take an exam once. I don't want to repeat this over and over and over again. And I know I have the tendency to blame it on other things. I know I have the tendency to ignore you. I know I have the tendency to get just, just bemoan my circumstances. Let me see it for what you're doing in my life. Let me see my circumstance for what you're trying to produce in me. Let me see it, not as, not as oh Lord, I don't know why you're doing this, but let me see quickly. Let me be able to associate with something you're trying to develop in me quickly. Because I think if I can grasp it quickly, I can get out of the class. Amen? All right, watch this. Last thing. Oh, let me back up a second before I get to the last thing. This is the, this is the last thing, Eve. Okay. You're in the classroom right now, even if you haven't called it that. 
You're in a classroom. Even if you don't acknowledge it, you're in a classroom with the opportunity to learn. Paul said, I, I had a lot and I've had nothing. And when I started looking at it through the lens of contentment, I realized I could be okay in both circumstances. And I learned a secret that I'm passing on. Now, now perspective, remember what we talked about? Perspective is everything. So I have to look at what I'm walking through with the perspective of not what does it do, why am I suffering, but what could it produce? So the Bible says if you put a seed in the ground, it has to die before it will raise up the plant, before the plant grows. You put a seed in the ground, it has to die. It's part of the process of planting and reaping. Something has to die. And so what we realize is that in every circumstance, almost when pain comes into our life, there's always a lesson to learn from the process. There's always a character building. There's always, there's always something in there that God's teaching us. So watch what happens when we get the wrong perspective. Watch what happens. So we get the wrong perspective. I had a lot and now I have nothing. God must be mad at me. Uh, no, I had this. God took it away. God is not fair. I know none of you have ever said that before. You've just heard it. Well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't do fill in the blank. So instead of going, God is a gracious God loving, and this circumstance I'm walking through, he can take it. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those of them who love God are called according to his purpose. So what I realize is the circumstance that I'm walking through, God can use as a classroom to build my character, to build, to build my self-esteem, to build uh, my leadership ability, to, to build my relationship with him. He can use all of that stuff in the classroom if I have the right perspective. But watch what happens. I'm, I'm talking to church people because... Because non-church people don't talk like this. You've never heard an unsaved person go, man, the devil's trying to get me. They don't even believe in the devil. How many times you went to your friends at a party every week and they go, man, the devil's really out to get me. But people that don't go to church don't talk like that. But once you come into the church, we take a classroom and then we give the devil credit for it. Like he's the teacher. So we say, oh, the devil's attacking me right now. You know what I started saying a long time ago? I'm not giving the devil credit for anything. Even if he did it, I'm not going to acknowledge he did it. So as soon as I acknowledge that he has any power over my life, I've just given him the power over my life. So I refuse. I say, you know what? Yeah, he's behind sin. He's behind all that stuff. I get it. We've worn that thing out. Here's what I believe. If God allowed me to walk through it, it's for, a, it's for an educational purpose. So I have the right perspective on it. So if I spend all my time saying, oh, the devil, the devil's doing it. The devil's got me down. The devil's this, the devil's this. I don't want to ever give devil the credit for the class. I don't want to turn him into the professor. So so Paul, or uh, David, who we talked about at the beginning, he actually wrote this, Psalm 23. It's, a, it's probably one of the most famous, it's probably the most famous scripture in the Bible. Come on, do you know it? Yay? No, you may not know it like that. <laughs> Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
What's he saying? He said, even if the process is difficult, I'm not going to let it rattle me. I've got the right perspective. Well, if you go down a little bit farther in that verse, he says this. He says, he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So what's he saying? He said, man, you can learn right in the middle of a difficult thing. He said he can give you peace enough to sit down and have a meal in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. He'll prepare a table before you right in front of the devil. So I'm not, I'm not even worried about him. I've got the right perspective on what's happening to me. And whatever's happening to me, God's given me enough grace, enough power, enough peace to walk through it and learn everything I need to learn in the middle of it. And just like Paul, it was from those experiences that I learned the secret. It was from every experience, whether having a lot or having little, I learned the secret to being content. So never make the mistake of giving the devil the credit. Never make the mistake of going, oh, he's after me. No, say, man, if I'm walking through this, I'm going to learn everything I can, and I'm going to shove it in his face. Yeah, you tried to kill me, and I got a diploma. You, you, you tried to take my life, and I'm so content now that I don't even care if you take my life. You tried to do all this stuff to my family, and guess how it turned out? We all got a master's degree in loving each other. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So what we do as church people, as, as people who follow Christ, we start blame. Well, it's a, let me say this in a gentle way. If you blame the devil, it sounds like to me an excuse for not learning anymore. We just gave up on the process. Because if the devil's doing it, there's no value in the process anymore. I just got to get away from it. I just got to get away from it. There's nothing to learn. I just got to get away. I got to get away. My husband's the devil. I got to get away from him. Which may be true. All right. The last one, stand to your feet. The band's going to come. If I see the process in me, I can embrace the process in you. Now, we've been talking about ourselves, but one of the things that I love about this church is we embrace the process in each other. Listen, I know that you're not who you are going to end up being. I know God's still working on you. That's why I'm like, don't worry about it. I, I can remember growing up at church, and if somebody came to church that got saved, one of those lovely old saints would pull out a big old sheet of paper and go, hey, bro. You better quit all this stuff right now. I mean, I got like 15 things you need to stop doing right now. I smelled smoke on you when you came in. I mean, you're going to hell. I don't care if you just got saved or not. You're probably still going to hell. And I smelled a little beer on, your, on you. I, I smelled a little bit. I think I did. I think I smelled it over your breath, man. And I also know you got a VCR. I've been watching the movies. You know, we used to throw out a laundry list of people when they come to Christ. Say, hey, man, come on. You got to quit this right now. You got to quit this right now. And we totally forgot about the process in our lives. We totally forgot about how long it took us to be gracious towards people. We totally forgot about how long it took us to stop smoking. Not me, but I mean, it's like two days. I smoked one cigarette. <laughs> we totally forgot about how long it took God to work those things out in us. And so we turned around to other people and went, hey man, you got saved yesterday, you need to stop being stupid. Realizing that we haven't stopped being stupid. 
So what happens is when I embrace the process of my own life, when I say, man, you know what? I'm walking through a difficult time just like you right now. And I'm realizing right now that God is teaching me something that I didn't know before. And I'm having the right perspective on it. But it is a little tough. And I'm not getting it right every day. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to swing back around because I don't want to do the third grade over. So I'm trying to do it the right way. And when I realize about me, I can be so gracious towards you. I said, oh, man, you're doing the fifth grade over? That's awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> We'll get on that short bus together. We'll just keep going back to school. <laughs> and I can be gracious. So what I love about this church is that we're gracious with the process and people. I just want you to know God's doing it in your life. That if you're here this morning, God is doing the process in your life. And that, and that, and that he is that he's long-suffering, the Bible says, that he's slow to anger, that, that, he, that, that he, he wants to just work it out in you, and he's got a lifetime to do it. Now, do I want you to step on the gas a little bit? Yeah. I want us all to step on the gas a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's his grace that is sufficient. And he walks us into the classroom of circumstances in our lives, and he says, hey, man, I just want to teach you a couple secrets. I want to teach you how to be content in every circumstance. I want, you to I want to teach you how to love. Remember the Lord's Prayer? about I want, to I want to teach you these things. And so it's going to be a little difficult, but I'm going to stick you around so people that know what it's like. Maybe you came in here for the first time this morning and nobody has understood the process in your life. And I'm telling you, there's people here today that will. And they'll have enough grace to forgive you when you screw it all up. They'll have enough grace to forgive you when, you when you have the wrong perspective. They'll have enough grace when you're doing it over and over again. Because we all are in it together. So can we pray like that this morning? Father, we thank you. God, you started a good work in us. And your word says that you're faithful to complete it. So that you never started a process in somebody that you couldn't finish. And so we ask, God, for everybody that's walked in here for the first time today and they realize that you have been orchestrating a process in their lives to develop them into people they don't even realize they could be. God, that, God, that a little bit of peace would well up within them, that the right teacher is at school. God, that the most loving teacher we've ever experienced in our lives is orchestrating the whole thing. And we pray, Lord, that we'd have the right perspective every second of every day that you're for us and you're with us and you're walking, you're walking us through every single one of these circumstances. Let us have the right perspective, God. And Lord, we pray that the process would produce a beautiful church reaching far and wide people for your glory. Do it in us, Lord, and we ask you to do it through us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Come on, give God good praise this morning. He's good. Amen. Hey, listen, we'll see you back here next week. Don't miss it.